Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Favreau UK's very own Newcastle United podcast, Time Warp, in association with the Sports Social Network. I'm your host, Alex Woods. This week, we have a full roster, Mr. Harry Roy and Mr. Dan Wright. He's back. He is fully fit. I'm 100% sure. Um, the opening week of the season has been and gone. Newcastle came away with three points after a dominant display and a worthy 2-0 victory against newly promoted Nottingham Forest. Lads, it was an afternoon filled with brilliance from start to finish, whether that was Shah's absolutely peach of a goal, Wilson's finish, Bruno's majestic string pulling, the crowd, or, of course, Joe Linton. Um, what do we talk about first? Dan, I'll go to you. Pick any of them or one of your own. Um, it was just a great weekend. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic performance from start to finish. I mean, if we're being picky, we should have won by more than two goals, but... That, that's fine. Uh, Osgold that you mentioned just gave the whole place lift off. Really, that's all we needed. Such was the the competence of Newcastle's performance. Once Shaw hit that one in, I never felt there was any doubt that we were coming away with three points. Which watching Newcastle United at St James's Park is rare because it, it usually feels like we're holding on, and it did at times last season as well. But there's a new competency around Newcastle United, which is just brilliant to see. Yeah, I think I can only echo that, to be honest, Alex. It was so unlike Newcastle United, it was almost quite weird. Uh, the display, I mean, in all truth be told, we don't actually know how good Nottingham Forest are until probably four or five games into the season. But we all kind of went into the game thinking, this is not an ideal opening day. I know they're a newly promoted side, but there's a lot of hype around Forest, you know, lots of new players in, they'll be well up for it. And we just 
dominated that entire game from start to finish. I mean, the stats are... These are the best stats I have ever seen watching Newcastle for at least a decade in the Premier League. 62% possession, 23 shots, 10 on target, uh, 13 free kicks and 11 corners. Like, on the basis of that, Newcastle have got an outstanding chance of a top eight finish this season, maybe pushing on you know, towards Europe, which is unreal to see after one game, I know. But on the basis of Man United at the weekend, I think we've got a great chance of finishing above them. Obviously, when we look at games like this, it, it is really easy to overreact and uh, go absolutely crazy. Um, so we'll just try and remain grounded as, as much as possible until um, Brighton at the weekend and, and then we can properly explode and lose ourselves. Dan, as, as you very much said, it, it was competent from start to finish, but was there any particular players that you were surprised were so competent all the way through? I'm not sure. I mean, you look through the the starting eleven, and you, there's not anyone that I doubt anymore. It was more sort of that collective effort that they were all playing in the right system, and they all had the right goal together. Like it was so cohesive. Like it's just even when Eddie Howe came in, you could clear that he weren't quite playing the way he had in mind for us in the long term. If you like over pre-season, he's got that into the boys, and they were all pressing high up the pitch. They were all. Going, I mean, I say going back together. There wasn't a great deal of defending, if we're being honest. But they looked just like a unit. I mean, in terms of individual players, I'm not surprised in the slightest. But Bruno is just once again an absolute joy to watch. You know, Joe Linton, more of the same from him. You know, we keep on thinking. Well, I did keep on thinking anyway. We're going to see him sort of go back to his old ways, sort of, and it will just be a purple patch. But there's no sign of that whatsoever. He's just an absolute battering ram. I mean, if he can sort his finishing out. What a player he already is. So, yeah, in terms of individuals, there's no one I'm surprised with. It's just really nice to see the team going in the right direction in terms of what Eddie Howe clearly wants the team to do. Harry, what about you? Anybody in particular? I'm going to actually go a bit left field. I'm actually going to highlight Alan St. Maximan for this game. I know he didn't have, you know, when he's, usually when St. Maximan makes the headlines, he's scoring a great goal or he's on an amazing run or he's getting a great assist. But he just was really, really solid. And I don't know what it... Maybe he's just been told by Eddie Howe during pre-season that he maybe needs to just play a simpler game in terms of laying it off when he needs to instead of just going on daft runs, trying to take on the whole team and score. He just looked like a really, really solid player. And he's almost, I feel, getting back to them levels that we saw even under Bruce when he was playing as a striker. Because, I mean, the end of last season for him, a lot of people probably wanted him dropped for the side and a lot of people were probably quite happy to see him leave the club. But I just thought he was really, really good. I know it's not someone we thought I'd mention because, of course, Bruno was once again just astronomical at the weekend. I mean, I I don't think I've seen a player with that much technical ability uh, in my lifetime watching Newcastle and him. He is he's world class and he's going all the way to the top. Best player out of the top six, comfortably. There's no one. There's no one better. I know people make an argument for for Declan Rice and stuff, but. Bruno can do absolutely everything. He scores goals, he's great defensively, he's an unbelievable passer, his vision's second to none. There is genuinely nothing that lad can do wrong. And I think he walks into nine every Premier League starting 11 bar, probably a Man City's of the world. It looked like one of them weekends where everything kind of fell into place and the atmosphere was a proper one and there was hope again for what the season can bring and it just looked like a really fun day. Was that the case or was it completely different of what I've just said? 
oh that's absolutely spawn like the whole you could tell walking into town on the day that the whole place is absolutely buzzing for this premier league season to get underway i mean the best way of putting it is we arrived at the pub at about 11 o'clock and it was already busy like Everyone is so ready for this team to play football. It's amazing. I've, we've never seen it in our lifetime, ever. Like it's, it must be what it's like when you know, and like your your mom and dad tell you about the entertainers and stuff like that. It's, it feels like that sort of buzz. Like we're on the precipice of something potentially massive, and everyone feels that. It's just such an amazing place to be on match day. I mean, the town's like been reinvigorated really ever since the takeover, and fans are just so excited for the game now. And I mean, you go back like last season. If Newcastle miraculously stayed in the Premier League, if a takeover wasn't to go through and Bruce was still the manager, realistically, how many fans would have been at that Forest game? Probably low 45,000, forty, yeah, something around that. Now there was people genuinely begging for a ticket for that game at the weekend. And it's not just the match-going fans, it's, it's the people in the town as well. The bars are absolutely bouncing. There's just such a great hype around this city and this club. And when this club is thriving, there is no better place on earth than that town. I, I honestly don't think I can put it in a better way. But it's just, um, Alex, mate, you need to get yourself up as much as possible because you are missing out on something absolutely incredible up here every weekend. Yeah, I, I, I really hope that I can I, I can try and make it up for the City game. I think that's the, that's the plan for, for that one. Um, but when we're, we're talking about people wanting to come to town and doing that lot, we'll move on to the ever-spinning carousel of Newcastle United's rumour mill in the transfer market because um, there's been a new one. The James Madison rumours have suddenly dried up and gone absolutely nowhere. That could be because he started for Leicester City and um, Chelsea had decided to buy another Leicester player or, or wanted to buy one in Wesley Fofana. Um, but the other one um, is, and I'm going to absolutely butcher his name, so I apologise if he decides to listen to this podcast. If he does, welcome to to you, good sir. Um, <laughs> uh, and please come to Newcastle United. Um Gonzalo Ramos? I think that's quite close. Just Gonzalo? I have no idea. I honestly have no <laughs> I idea. I hope it's just Gonzalo because it's a lot <laughs> Please. easier. Please. That is a mouthful. <laughs> Please. Let's go, uh, let's go with Gonzalo. Uh, Gonzalo Ramos from Benfica. You've got to feel for Benfica. Their forward line is getting absolutely pillaged. Uh, remember, for those that don't know, that is where Darren Nunes um, just came from, from Liverpool, and he's hit the ground running. Um, Ramos is younger than Nunes, as at 20, uh, also plays through the middle, but can play either wing as well. Um, is this another Hugo Ekatike, or are we probably going to sign actually sign this one, guys? I, I don't know. I don't know a lot about him, other than he scored against us in the Eusebio Cup this year. Um... <laughs> That great friendly yeah. match, it was so friendly. Oh, it was one of the best friendly games I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> Honestly, what a game of football. Shame, shame we lost, obviously. But yeah, I honestly, I'll, I'll pass on to Harry because I honestly don't have much of a clue other than the fact he scored the opener when we played them in the Eusebio Cup. I mean, to be fair, I can't say I'm overly clued on him, but he's 21 years of age, seems to have had a good season in Benfica. I think he was originally a striker, but he sort of dropped into a deeper role, if I'm correct, Alex. And because Nunes was leading the line so well, he kind of dropped back a little bit. I think he got seven goals in the Portuguese league last season. I think, in all fairness, I think that they're definitely looking to sign a player that's got a lot of potential at a from a, a big league, obviously outside of England. And the good thing, what you've noticed about the, the Portuguese league is it's a lot like the French league, which is another market where Newcastle are, are buying a lot of players. And it's the, 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 they transition quite well, it seems, 
like the French league transitions nicely into the Premier League. It's a bit unlike the Bundesliga, where you know how many players have we seen coming from the Bundesliga as of recent and just being nowhere near it for like two seasons. Joel Linton, prime example. And um, but no, the Portuguese leagues are, is a, is a good league to buy from. We've seen Nunes coming to the Premier League. Took a lot of stick before coming to Liverpool, but he's he, he's been really really good. And look, if this lad's starting every single week for a Champions League quarter or semi final, I think it was last season. He's clearly a talented player, and I don't think there's going to be an onus on him to start every week. He's he's ultimately going to be there to play cup games and play a backup role to Wilson so if we are to get him great news but it does seem that obviously with the George Mendes connection with Portugal uh, Wolves it seems are winning the race from the minute so we'll wait to see and uh, obviously Wolves have just brought in a strike of their own so yeah it's one we'll have to keep an eye on but certainly not the one I'm against we, we speak every week about like the fact that Newcastle needs to sign a striker and again um, <laughs> a striker and a a left-sided midfielder let's say that or, or any kind of forward playing midfielder. Um, Lance, obviously another week trickles by. There's still plenty of time in the window. Do we think we'll get two players in or are we now wheeling it down to just one? I'm not sure. I mean, it it just depends on what the market does. The yeah. impression I get from the owners is we're not going to, we're not going to pay over the odds or be seen to panic by. So I think if the market doesn't calm down, I could see a scenario where we end up with, with no new players, certainly no, no new players on, permanent basis I think the loan market might I mean Chelsea have got so many players there might be some that are set to miss out on their 25 man squad for example they might become available and Newcastle would have to be an attractive proposition for them so I think it's going to be a difficult one I'm not 100% sure we'll just have to see how the market goes I mean one that I think we should keep an eye on I mean I don't know if you've seen the rumours about Lucas Paqueta who's been linked non-stop with Newcastle not from any real sources of any note but Apparently available for thirty-three million pounds. I mean, if that was true, you'd think he'd probably be on Tyneside already. But it's just silly season, so we'll just have to wait and see. I think, in all fairness, Alex, I do think they'll get two in. I think they simply have to. In all fairness, I think we are still a little bit light up front. I mean, look, if Wilson was fit every single week, then we'd have no problems at all. But we need to be real here. He's going to miss probably fifteen games of the season. And Wood is a he's an all right backup, but he's not going to score your goals. So they have to go and get someone in. Like you mentioned there, Dan, with, with, with Chelsea, it, I think there was, I, I don't know whether you guys seen it as well, it was um, that they've been basically speaking to all of the traditional big six clubs and said, if any of your attacking players come available for loan, then let us know because we're interested. So they're definitely in the market. I think, look, if they don't get anybody in on loan from a Premier League club, I, I certainly think they'll get players in from abroad. I don't think they will leave Eddie Howe like. There'll be no stone unturned. They'll keep working to the final day. But I do think that it will probably be a deadline day sort of thing, just because of how crazy the market is at the minute. I mean, I don't know whether you lot seen this one. Morgan Gibbs-White, who had a good half a season in the Championship last year. Oh, this £40 is £40 million pound bid rejected. £40 million pound rejected. It, yeah, it's crazy. It's mad. Yeah, it's one of them where, like, how stupid are Nottingham Forest bidding £40 million pound for this player? And then you hear it's being turned down, and you're like, what are you doing, lads? Like, this is, this is bonkers. Like, it's... It just really, it's mad. Like Some of the prices, it seems so skewed all over the place. You've got a player who's had half a good season championship, like you say, 40 million rejected. Then I think similar sort of money, Chelsea have got Raheem Sterling. I know the wages and what have you, but it, the market just doesn't seem like there's any sort of balance to it whatsoever. Especially so, in England, because it's like, yeah. I think unless they have a release clause like we saw with Corney recently, there's just no value at all, because no, like, especially isn't. the likes of Leicester, like why on earth would Leicester sell James Madison to Newcastle on a cut price 
when we're <laughs> probably going to be a rival for a top 10 pushing on seventh place finish so it's, it's just one of those and i highly doubt they'll get someone in from the premier league and if they do it'll be a loan deal from a chelsea or they're going to pay over the odds but we'll wait and see look we're in good hands. I, I I certainly don't think we will not bring anybody in. I, I I would be very, very surprised if they didn't bring at least one quality player in. And I kind of hope it is Lucas Paqueta because, look, he's obviously a great player, but it would just stop people banging on about him every single day on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's yeah. one to think about. Like, you talk about the top six clubs. I mean, do you not think if you're one of those top six, club, six clubs looking over at Newcastle and what's happening and the atmosphere around the place and the way we play against Forest? Are you seriously trying to help us out by giving us one of your loan players? Well, look at Lingard's situation last year. £10 million loan fee was what they wanted. Just no, I, I can't, back. yeah. Unless they're desperate to get them up, some of the wages off and Newcastle are the own team in for them. I don't think they're going to be too generous mm. towards us. Because to that's be the thing as well. It's like it's not like we will, if say like Christian Pulisic, for example, who's been linked today on loan. He's probably on about 180, 190 grand a week. You'd think so, yeah. They'll turn around and go, well, you're paying the loss. You, you've got the wealthiest owners. And then you've yep. got Newcastle turn around and go, well, we'll pay £80,000 a week. They're just not going to do it. They'll just either hang him around on the bench for another season because obviously the five substitutes rule, or they'll, mm-hmm. they'll give it to someone else. So something's got to give from, from both sides. But like we said, I think they will sign a few players. Yeah, that was that was really good. I really enjoy it when I can when you two just go off and I can just kind of sit back and uh, and fully listen to it. It's absolutely amazing. Um, speaking of going off the the draw of the second round of the Carabao Cup was last night. If you missed it, so did it half of the internet because nobody really realised that the Carabao Cup is still actually active. And everybody Instead thought of, we had Akrik and Stanley. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, and the way that it was, I even tweeted like uh, a similar tweet to what I did uh, uh, the Tranmere one about like the last time we played Accrington Stanley, um, because of the way that they said it. Uh, uh, yeah, it was mad. Matt Chapman had a massive L. Yeah, he's a really good broadcaster though, so we give him his due. Um, we are going to face League Two side Tranmere Rovers in it away from home. Um, and it will be televised. It will be on the 24th of August at 7.45. It will be on Sky. Um, so the question to you boys now is, is the Carabao Cup worth being serious about this season? 100%. I think it's a glorious opportunity. Everything's a glorious opportunity to try and finally get silverware. But we'll just have a cup run. You know, we haven't had one in a while. Last year, we, went and we didn't score a goal in either domestic competition. I think the whole place is just gagging for a cup run and I'm no different I'm sure Harry will agree oh yeah I mean to be honest the League Cup is Newcastle's best chance of getting to Wembley and getting some silverware because I just think with the FA Cup there's a lot more prize money involved and especially for obviously your bigger clubs sort of take it a little bit more seriously as opposed to the League Cup where we've seen in previous years like Liverpool when they went to the Club World Cup they literally put the kids out in like a quarter-final game I think it was against Villa it's look we've seen some teams get to the final of that competition I mean Sunderland in I think 2014 teams have got to that to that final and Newcastle I don't think are going to get relegated this season so that presents a fantastic opportunity with luck of course in the draws because look if we get Man City away if we get past Tranmere then we're all going now oh, well we're out there's always the FA Cup so you've got to get some luck but I certainly think they are definitely worth going for because let's be real we aren't going to get relegated, so we don't really need to prioritise the league unless we're going for a title, which I don't think is going to be anytime soon. So, yeah, short answer, yes, definitely take it seriously. 
Would you like to see a fully rotated squad for that game? It is after the Manchester City game, and it then falls in between um, the Wolves game, which is um, also away. So it starts a three-away day kind of trip. I know that Dan's absolute gagging for that. So it would be Tranmere, Wolves, then Liverpool, all three away. Um, but would you like to see a fully rotated squad so we can focus on Wolves in the league after Manchester City or like play a fully strength squad, lads? Uh, probably somewhere in the middle for me. I mean, I, I think, you know, we might see Sven Botman get his first start for sure, which doesn't necessarily weaken the team. But I think just be sensible about it. I mean, maybe we're playing league top position. The player to rest, to rest is probably Callum Wilson, you know, with his injury record. Just be sensible about it. Like, make changes that don't exactly make you weaker. So, for example, take Almron out, put Fraser in. You're not that much weaker as a team or any weaker at all. Like, you can make those changes because the squad that we've got now, I mean, we sh the best w way to s explain it is we played Atalanta and Bilbao back-to-back -back with two complete different 11s, two decent teams in Europe, albeit in pre-season, and beat both of them. Like, we've got much better strength and depth. I mean, the £150 million or so we spent will do that for you. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's a matter of full rotation, but rotate where it's not going to affect the team. Yeah, I sort of agree. To be honest, I would try and rest as many as possible and I would rest those key players just because you are playing the League 2 team, they've got nothing to lose, a point to prove and we really don't want to risk any injuries because we've seen you know, we've seen this before where Premier League teams go to these grounds and they're getting getting kicked up to height. I just don't want Bruno to, to be in that situation. And look, our rotation side, I mean, I, I hate calling it a rotation side, but it's a pretty decent one like we saw in the Atalanta game. They're a good, solid, you know, Italian side, been in Europe before, they're a good team, and we beat them. So, I mean, look, Dubravka in goal, very, very good. Emil Kraft at right back, he's literally the Swedish Cafu. And then you go, obviously, Botman and Lascelles, that's fine against League 2 opposition. Uh, it would be probably Dummett at left back, would we say, or maybe Jamal Lewis? So there's options I'm, for both. I mean, them, yeah, it? yeah. And then midfield three, I mean, that's the thing is, obviously, with Shelby out injured, you, you assume it'll be Elliot Anderson. Uh, Sean Longstaff and maybe Matty Longstaff if he wants to do a full rotation or maybe we might see, see Bruno playing the six just you know he'll absolutely ruin Tranmere Christ that would be like playing FIFA on amateur difficulty that with Bruno playing against Tranmere <laughs> and then your forward three would be Chris Wood Fraser and probably Jacob Murphy so look that's yeah, a good I mean, team and that's more than enough to beat a league two it, side it should be enough to beat a league two side yeah I think maybe keep a few of your your players in there if it of course it all depends on fitness if there's a few players feeling stuff after the man city game there's oh, you certainly don't risk them do you especially when you've got wolves the, the weekend which is obviously that'll be a massive game we want to go and get three points yeah, yeah. it's not like you've got man city coming up where you go well we're probably going to lose that anyways so we can opt for a stronger team but i think this this game's going to offer an opportunity for likes of anderson to get a full game and we're not going to be going in short. We're going to be going in with an adequate side, regardless of whether it's you, you know you, you start as playing or it's the lads who aren't getting the game. So look, uh, we'll we'll have more than enough. Is the is the short answer with that one? And of course, hopefully, there's a few players that we can give debuts to. You know, like to, for the first time by then. Yeah, I mean, like Eddie, Eddie Howe doesn't. Stuff. Yeah, a few players. A few oh, I meant like new signings, to be honest. Oh well, well, um, I. Exactly. Like your Jimmy Madison's uh, or James Madison and <laughs> what's his name? Luca Plaquetta, Ramos, whomever, and may us have all of those three signings. Um, moving on to this weekend, um, and Newcastle United play Brighton away from home. Um, that is always a, a tough ground. But before we talk football, let's talk a little bit of fashion. Um, 
there has been a, a small headline made um, as Newcastle have had to release a fourth kit, a special one-time Classic fourth kit story. against Brighton um, because of a kit clash. Now, the black and white is too stripy against Brighton's kit, the away one is too blue, and the third kit is too white. Now, that that reasoning alone is, is cause of ludicrousy. Um, so Newcastle have had to ask the Premier League for a special dispensation um, to release a special commemorative kit. Every team gets one a season and Newcastle are having to use theirs on the second weekend of the year. Um, both of you have seen it. Um, what do you think about it? I'm, I'm already buying mine. I absolutely adore it. As a kit, I, I thought I liked it when I first seen it. I'm having doubts about that. I'm just, there's just something... I'm not 100% sold on it. Oh, I do like it, but um, was that true, Alex? By the way, you only get one. You only get the way your fourth kit once if you have to do it. Yeah, so you only get a special dispensation um, from the Premier League once a season if you need like a fourth kit or something ah. like that. This one is a this one is a kit clash. So the Premier League have uh, have done it. So for example, last year um, Brighton used their special commemorative kit for a yellow and blue kit in honour of the Ukraine. Um, Everton, I believe, did exactly the same thing. So that you're only allowed one a year of like special dispensation and charity-based things. Um, the Premier League have, uh, have issued that, but um, obviously we've had to request this differently. Um, whether they will say to us later on in the season, you can't have a special kit because you already used yours is a different matter. Um, but yeah, you, you can only use a fourth kit once. Also, I must say it's quite convenient that they announced this fourth kit would be worn against Brighton which to be fair Brighton probably could have just worn away sorry worn their away kit because we've had to do it in previous years and also have you noticed how the the day after it got announced that that kit was being worn it was available in the club shop to buy <laughs> mm, something's not adding up here but uh, it's, it's probably it's another disaster class from Castor unfortunately because to be fair I think the, the kits and the design are excellent we get bespoke design kits which we wouldn't get from the likes of Adidas and Nike because basically you're getting templates from your Arsenal's and your Liverpool's from previous years. So it's great having a, a kit sponsor that gives us these, you know, these good bespoke kits. But their design and quality control is nothing short of horrific. I mean, the amount of complaints I've seen on people online buying shirts and them not arriving for three months. And thing is, I think I've been seeing them since Rangers. I think Rangers were the first club to get involved with them. And Obviously, quite a few teams in the Premier League do as well now, but uh, you should be making three kits and making sure that you can use at least one of those kits against every single team in the league. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, all I can say on the matter is DH Gate is very highly recommended. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> not sponsored. Moving on to the... Not yet. <laughs> not sponsored not is yet. the drop in the bottom of it. <laughs> um, moving on to the actual football. Um, Harry, would you make any changes? Um, no, to be honest. I, I, there's probably a few people that would like to see Botman come in, but Dan Byrne it was an absolute animal at the weekend. The lad is so good, and to be honest, I don't think there's any need to take him out of that side unless we lose a game and it, he has a bad match. So for me, unchanged side, them players done nothing wrong. The only little problem and issue I had with them was we probably should have won that game by a few more, but unfortunately, we've not strengthened in that probably that right-wing position, and if that was the case, then I think we would have won that. Four or five nil, so not unchanged side for me. Done. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean, there's there's no way you, you can guess Sven Botman in the team after Burn and Shaw played so well. Um, trying to think other ones that will be up for debate. 
you know, there was maybe a, a Sean Longstaff, Elliot Anderson or Joe Willock debate. I think Willock was absolutely outstanding. Yeah. You can't can't get him out of the team. The only other one I think there was any up for debate, maybe Almiron and Fraser. Yeah. Again, I thought thought Almiron was brilliant. If he had a right foot, he would have scored, yeah. I reckon. But I, again, the way that we're playing, pressing so high, he's integral at the minute. So, yeah, I couldn't couldn't make an argument for any changes, to be honest. In the integral part of the the pressing system, in the entirety of the Premier League last se- uh, last weekend, in final third presses, um, two players were top of that statistic. Uh, both were Newcastle United players. One was Miguel Almiron. Um, I'll give three points to anyone that can guess who the second one was. Then, then- it was not. No way. Dan? Um, oh, I'm struggling here. Yeah, Probably like. Willock. Um, uh, Willock. It's got to be Willock, hasn't it? He, he it was, was Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson? I, that surprised me. See, I would me, never that. have said him because I always thought that maybe like he's probably the most conservative runner in the team just because of his hamstrings. Yeah, yeah. He, made, uh, he made 18 pressures last week in the final third. Miguel Almoron made 15. There you go. There's my stat of the pod. Even though I host it, I can still give you an absolute stat of the pod. Um, and, of course, if Miguel Almoron does play, which side will he play? Will he play on that um, right-hand side or will he play on the left-hand side and have to deal with Turek Lamptey? That's an interesting one because he obviously played predominantly on the right against Forrest. And his, his lack of right foot, I thought, really got exposed. You know, some of the through balls that Bruno played were excellent to him, like, they were on the same wavelength, weren't they? Um, and maybe if it had been on the left-hand side, he would have had a better chance of getting a better ball in the middle. So I'd be tempted to play him on the left or just tempted to just have more rotation. Maybe yeah. that was something that we didn't do against Forrest. If we're really nitpicking, the wings didn't swap. I, I'd be tempted just to tell them to swap every 10 minutes if it's not working. Just just keep changing. Don't give them a minute's piece. Yeah, I would say that. But I think the weekend is... a that will be a good gauge of where we are as a club going into this season. I mean, Brighton have just come off a magnificent result away at Man United. They're no pushover. Of course, they've sold their best two players once again, which is a common occurrence with Brighton. But what they seem to do is they always seem to recruit very well and replace very well. They were really good at the weekend, like I said. And I just think if we can go here and win again, then we're really on something special. But to be fair, I would probably take a draw. I don't know whether we're into the predictions yet, Alex, but I would, I would actually take a draw at the weekend. Just keep us ticking along nicely. Yeah, the, the predictions was going to come uh, come after this question about Alan Saint-Maximin because last time um, we played Brighton this early in the season, Saint-Maximin got massively exposed defensively. Um, so my question to you lads was, is that going to happen again or do you think he will um, properly book his ideas? Because he was mint against Forrest defensively um, uh, the weekend. I don't necessarily think he's any better defensively than he was against Brighton. I think Forrest were very poor. What I think might have changed is the, the bloke behind him, like whether that be Matty Target or Kieran Trippier, is way better than what we had when we played Brighton the last time and will help him out a lot more. So I think his defensive, he might not be any better defensively, but he won't certainly won't be exposed in the manner he was a few seasons ago by Tarek Lamptey. And also as well, I think Maxwell was up against Kukurea, if I'm not incorrect in, the, um, in, the, in that last match against Brighton. And look, Kukurea ain't playing for them anymore. He's just, he's, I think he's now the most expensive fullback in the world. That's so, mental. so that is insane. That's just another example of this stupid transfer market. But yeah, I don't think he will be as exposed because I don't think Brighton have got as good players as they did last season. 
and I just think he has to up his game up a little bit more and Trippier being back in the team is a, is a huge bonus on that front so yeah I think we'll be alright now we'll move on to predictions um, and bearing in mind with the pair of you um, that Newcastle haven't won at Brighton since 2017 um, and that was when we were last in the championship was so that when Modiame scored that screamer that is exactly Madiama has got that screamer. Such a worldie. He meant it as well. It's just like, do you know Dennis Bergkamp's goal against us that they say was the best Premier League goal of all time, even though he didn't mean it. That's the best championship goal of all time then. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> oh, absolutely brilliant. Um, Harry, you've already alluded to the fact that it, it's a draw and um, you got your prediction um, massively wrong last week, um, whereas I got my prediction right. I said 2-0. I said 3-1. Uh, it wasn't that far off. Yeah. Uh, two nil dominated from could, start to finish. Could be worse. Could be worse. I went one nil Forest. <laughs> Only super six. <laughs> so um, Harry, I'll go to you. Um, how many? What do you think the score is going to be? I said I'd take a draw, but I don't think we'll draw. I think we'll win again. Uh, I'm going to go three nil Newcastle. Oh yes, please. Three nil. Wow. This team is honestly unbelievable. If we that top... happens, we hit in cozy Joe's. Oh, absolutely. We topped every single chart at the weekend for shots on target, pressing, everything. Regardless of what people say, Nottingham Forest are still a Premier League side, and a lot of people have them to stay up this season. So in that case, going to Brighton, it's going to be a tough game, of course. We beat them at the back end of last season, didn't play overly well, won the match. If we play well, I think we've got too much for them. 3-0, confident. Callum Wilson hat-trick. He's called the shot. Dan, how can you possibly um, follow that? I think it'll be 1-1. Um, I just think it's two very well-organised teams with a game plan going up against each other. They've got the home advantage. Brighton don't concede many. We don't concede many. I can see, uh, yeah, 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go a very nervy 1-0 Newcastle where we get a goal midway through the second half and literally just defend for our lives for the last 20 minutes and just it, it be a born-out, scrappy... 3 p.m. Saturday Basically game. Basically, we, what we were used to for like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, this is going to have a little bit of class on it. Like, Sven Botman's going to come back, come on, we're going to, yeah, we're just going to defend for our lives. And Danny Welbeck's going to just be Danny Welbeck again and be a little bit, a little bit of an, uh, uh, of anything. But, yeah, no, um, I am, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. And I know that you guys are too. Um, so, I think that wraps us up for this week. Um, Harry and Dan, thank you again. Um, both of you were excellent. Um, and I know it still feels a little bit weird with me hosting the pod. So, um, Dan, this is your first time of it happening on your end. How did, how did it feel? Did it feel okay with Harry agreeing with you instead of me? It was a smooth <laughs> transition. That's all that we want. Alex, and, uh, it's another 10 out of 10. I wouldn't thanks. be giving you a 7 out of 10 like some people gave Bruno 7 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. oh, I've given you a 10. Best podcast host ever, 7 out of no 10. Way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing podcast, put nothing wrong, great topics, lots of choices, 7 out of 10. <laughs> you know who you were, the 7 out of 10. Eh? Um, and obviously this week we have been Tyne Rock, Vavil UK's very own Newcastle United podcast in association with sports social network thank you and we will see you again next week goodbye sports social podcast network okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh 
Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.